Welcome back to another episode of Tuesdays with Mummy, where my mother, Kala Rao, and I, Tejas, get together once a week to have conversations about life, laughter, and everything in between. Today on the podcast, we're discussing my move to the United Kingdom. This episode was recorded in advance, just before I relocated. I'm now in the UK completing my self-isolation, but my mom and I thought it was a good point to examine all of the events leading up to the move and the manner in which we both dealt with being away from each other through the excitement of it all. We hope you enjoy. So yeah, so so let's get started then. Um, so I just finished my visa formalities and all that yesterday, so we're probably one step closer, right? I mean, not not that far away anymore, not anymore in our imaginations, right? Right. And I don't know if you remember all the chaos that we went through in grade 12 with me uh, having offers to study in the United Kingdom. And then ultimately, I think only around September, August, September, finally declining those offers after I secured a place at GNLU. No? Yes, after the GNLU. No, at the Katak and then further to that was the GNLU. Yeah, but then ultimately we decided that Kings was not uh, not somewhere that I saw my short-term future. And now I'm going to Cambridge. Yes, it's interesting, Tejas, and I would like to pick your brains. So, hello everyone. I'm Tejas' mother, as you have already got the introduction from him now. And I'm excited uh, to know how this journey has been for Tejas, something that we have not been able to speak about because the last week has been quite hectic with the actual documentation, the running around and the visit to the uh, VFS agency where you submit the visa and all that. So let me pick your brains and uh, for some thoughts since this would be the first time that you would be moving out of the country for a longer duration so first of all regarding the visa process let's begin there this was the first time that you did everything on your own i remember the last time when you went to us your senior gayatri was there with you right and mm, then yeah. Um, uh, yeah and then the schengen visa last year uh, exactly a year back, July, August. That yeah, was done yeah, through the yeah. travel agency in Ahmedabad. I mean, yeah, it just yeah. took you one or two visits and they were really yeah. uh, quite supportive uh, in the entire duration, the process. So that was pretty smooth and it was for business. But this time you're going on a tier four uh, student visa, which also means that uh, there's a lot more uh, responsibility and questions that you had to answer and all that. So... How did you feel doing everything all alone? Was it a sense of accomplishment? <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel like I've always been prepared for these things. I think uh, since I've Thank been you. very young, right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what is all this credit you're taking? No, but, but honestly, like I feel like with our history of travel, which we've been very fortunate with, but also our history of having to uh, basically live our life in two halves, Mm-hmm. Um, in Dubai and in Bangalore, 50-50 almost for 10 years plus, right? I think uh, there's a sort of um, 
resilience that we've built up in terms of all of these processes. So I think for a lot of other people, it's very taxing and very, uh, it drains them of their energy. For us, it's more like we know that there's all of these roadblocks that could come. Could come, right. And and when they arise, I think it's very okay. So this has arisen, now what? Yeah. And I think best example of this is my entire Bombay passport fiasco, if you remember that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. The excitement and the failure. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointment yeah. which followed. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe think, you should I mean, say a few words about it, what happened. Yeah, yeah. No, so I was just getting to that. So basically just uh, I was on 27th December. I was... Ready. I finished two-month internship stint in Bombay, mm-hmm. and I was ready to fly out from Bombay back to Dubai. Mm. And then, <clears throat> when I got to the check-in counter, they refused to allow me permission to board because my passport was expiring in six months, and the rules had changed uh, for aviation. And we couldn't actually renew my passport out of Bombay. That's right. And then I had to come to Bangalore, and then we had to go through the entire process over here. So yeah, I mean, coming back to the visa process as such, I don't think. I think it was more okay. This is another thing that I could sort of tick off. And now that that's done, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's out of my hands now. Yeah. Feels so good. more than anything, it's, yeah, it's, it's relieving. I think the more things that go out of my hand that I don't have to actually act upon for the moment, right. yeah. it clears out a lot of my own headspace, I think, because now I'm more focused on, you know, figuring out what I have to pack from here and all of that, which is a lot easier, I think, than, um, Right. thinking that you have to do things with an external agency right 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 yeah yeah, yeah. it's good i mean uh, there were so many challenges that you faced even in this process in terms of the documentation and you were uh, more uh, better prepared uh, with whatever yeah, you I took with so. the papers and everything and so, uh, so do you do you remember your first uae visa when you first got your uae visa oh yes i did i uh, so what it was, was that like i mean Oh, yes. Uh, Well, when I got married in December, I was told that I would be getting a visa in the three months. But uh, then again, the UAE uh, regulatory authority changed the process and I could not, there was a change in the designation in your dad's um, employment occupation. So they were not able to issue the visa. It kept getting delayed and I was adamant, you know, how passionate I am about birthdays. So since my birthday was in June, I was quite adamant that I had to celebrate after my first, after my marriage, my first birthday uh, with Anil. So either he Mm. comes to India or I go there. And since he could not come to India, it was more of a blackmail and all kind of pressure tactics that I could, as a newly bride that I could use to ensure that a visa was given. And uh, well, the visa uh, was issued for a visit visa. And I remember very well uh, the kind uh, how uh, I was staying with my in-laws at the time in Pune uh, with your grandparents, right? And uh, while they were very full of love, affection and warmth, uh, they were also apprehensive because this was the first time I was traveling to a new country. So they had their own ways of telling me, you know, to be careful and and to be cautious and all that. But one thing that, um, uh, you know, made a huge impression on my mind uh, was what your uh, grandfather told me, you know, before, just before a few days. He, you know, he asked me to sit by him, made me comfortable. And he said, see, this 
visa is a visit visa. So you must understand that this is a temporary one. So just go with the mindset that after three months, you may have to come back. It is always better to not set the expectations very high and face disappointments. Rather, be aware about both the pros and cons of how it would work. So when you are going just, you know, this is a three months visa and the way he told me, the way he prepared, I think it made a huge uh, impact on me and how uh, prepared you know mentally that I was when I arrived in the UAE that I'm going to keep my fingers crossed if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't I'm going to go back to India after my birthday celebrating my birthday of course and then after three months we'll see we'll cross the bridge when we come to it unfortunately of course I don't think like I feel like I mean uh, times have changed so much that even on temporary visas these days I think the fear factor is a lot lesser of um, the oh, amount of suspicion that we have. I beg to disagree. I beg to disagree. They, they, we recently had a case. You know, Kyle, what happened? No, no. I mean, so that's, those are, I mean, in terms of once visas are granted, like if, in normal circumstances, you can't use the pandemic and say it's happened once, so it will always happen. That's irrational, right? Like I feel like if you look at normal circumstances, the way travel and government yeah, yeah, relationships yeah. have changed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are less scared. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. A, <laughs> yeah, you can't expect to be in the terminal in Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean, Tom <laughs> like Hanks, stuck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuck in the yeah. terminal, yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, I mean, no, you can. I think there's a lot of statelessness and all those. I mean, what Tom Hanks' movie talks about is more of the statelessness. Because yeah. that entire Krakosia in that film, Hmm. It becomes usurped by a rebellion and all that. But I mean, so the humanity side aside, I think more of like on a general travel perspective, there's less fear that, you know, you may not be allowed entry into a particular country. Right. That that comes from, I think, also past experience. So I don't think that much preparation per se is something that we've been talking about in terms of going to the UK. Yeah, but so coming back to the uh, discussion on, uh, uh, you know, your move to the UK, uh, regarding the sentiments, how easy or how difficult will it be for you to let go? Because for the first 10 years of your life, you have been brought up in Dubai. And the last 12 years, you have been grounded in India while traveling to Dubai at least a couple of times a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you have still been like an NRI kid in all respects in terms of the luxury items that you possess and yeah. also the visits that you have been doing quite often. Uh, so uh, how easy, but you identify yourself strongly with Indian culture, tradition, the yeah. Indianness of who you are, right? And yeah. how much you enjoy the simple things like the festival food, right? This is yeah, something yeah. that you would be missing. So how are you preparing yourself to let go of all this? So I don't think I have to prepare myself per se, right? Like I think it's um, it's very natural. Because, yeah, I mean, I identify with being an NRI more than I identify with anything else. Hmm. And I think as a result of being a non-resident Indian, I think you discover your sweet spot of identifying with India. Hmm. Because I think for like 10 years of my life, I hated India. I don't think I wanted to do, to have anything to do with the country. Hmm. Because 
very honestly like the only things that i saw over here were rain poverty and mosquitoes <laughs> like i can't remember and gulab jamun <laughs> yeah but i mean gulab jamuns you also made for me in dubai like yeah. i i it's not like i discovered gulab jamuns in india i discovered how much i like gulab jamuns in dubai itself right. all my indian food experiences i didn't have anything exclusively in india that i associated with it except for family hmm. and um, yeah i mean so so as a result of that i think it's not something that i'm too scared about also because i'm not going to a country that doesn't have an indian population the uk is known for having things like curry as a national dish hmm. uh, in terms of how ubiquitous it is how available it is to everyone right hmm. so i don't think i'm i'm too worried about letting go of that i think something that i've sort of been processing is how to let go of your i think uh, no matter how close technology brings you there is a certain level of distance that's now going to be created between me and the family Hmm. uh if you look at our extended family so um i think all the work that went into just keeping that relationship alive when i was in dubai and making trips back to india i think there's going to be a lot more work just to keep that bond intact because i don't know i i'm not i'm not very close with all of them but i know i'm close enough because they have all seen me since i've been a child and i don't want to lose that i think that's something that i'd like to just welcome that's 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 what i've been thinking about um for you when you moved to dubai was it like a big thing that you have to let go of your i mean okay so first of all had you even heard of the united arab emirates before you got married like as a country because it was only born like you and the uae are the same age because it was born <laughs> in 1972 and you're born in 1973 no need no need to tell that <laughs> uh, whatever like i mean No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm as young as you. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, you took away your parents' independence. The country got their independence. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I we had not actually heard about uh, UAE before the proposal came, the marriage proposal came. Uh, so yes, and before uh, I delve on this, uh, I do agree with what you are saying in terms of how much investment it goes in nurturing a relationship. and if it is important to you and when you know that uh, these are the challenges and how much extra effort uh, you got to put in so being prepared for it is extremely good you know and this mm. will also help you in your time management so i'm glad that you're thinking you're already thinking on those lines so good for you okay coming back to what you asked in terms of united arab emirates no we had no clue uh, where it was only after the mm. proposal came we started looking on the world map where dubai was how to reach dubai is it by boat <laughs> no and then <laughs> and then we found out no <laughs> uh, we did have um, uh, you know air india from mombai uh, which was doing uh, you know the flight but trip. but like i mean did you feel like there was a lot that you were going to let go of when you left when you because for you that was your first international flight right or your first flight itself yeah right? it was a first flight but since a child i've always had the state of mind of being a nomad Huh. I think somehow it has. So I have never felt connected to the four walls. I've never been huh. uh, attached or kind of uh, you know bordered with the four walls. Mm-hmm. For me, it's mm-hmm. always the people. 
uh, that matters mm-hmm. more than the four walls. So even as a child, I remember, uh, you know, any auntie who used to come home, I used to just go with them uh, and sleep and have a overnighter in their houses, you know, even mm-hmm. a distant relative, distant friend to the extent that when I was, a, you know, it happened until when I was about 11, 12 years. And my dad had to actually lock me up in the loo the moment somebody was leaving because I would make mm-hmm. such a hue and cry to go with them. So this mindset was always there with me, you know, it is not the excitement to explore as much as in I'm perfectly comfortable in a new place in a strange. So I mean, so okay, fine. So you're you're comfortable, but something that you said was that uh, the people matter to you, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you left the first time, uh, how did it feel to know that you may not see your sister for some time? So when was your first trip back to India? Was it after I was born? Uh, or did you make a trip before I was born? I didn't make a trip. Because you moved to... Yeah, yeah. I so you moved, moved to, to Dubai in 96. Yeah, I moved to Dubai in 96 June. And uh, I remember having made a trip before you were born in 98 May. So I I did a trip in 97 April. Okay, almost so a year. Yeah, so it... It was, I had, it was as soon as I got married and the entire process of marriage, you're already through with letting go of your sister and your parents and everything. Did you feel that? Did you actually feel that you were letting go when you were getting married? Yeah, of course. Letting go in the sense I wouldn't be able to physically see them quite often. So I was already kind of internalizing all those sentiments and I was okay with it. It did take a time uh, for me, but it was quite a long trial so I think since I was in second year engineering they started looking out for a group so it was like a two year process even though I did not agree to you know I did not give them a green signal to go ahead looking out but still parents are parents right yeah they had initiated no no not me for you please no 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 yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that that has changed yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) so anyway they had initiated the process which made uh, you know which made it easier for me to you know digest all those facts and let go so I was not and I was more excited to uh, since I had gotten married recently I was more excited to spend more time with Anil uh, Mm. here you know so I think that took a better of me than uh, Mm -hmm. leaving the family behind so yeah. yeah, I think that way I think it's very similar. So I feel like maybe you were looking forward to going to spend time with your husband. I'm just mm-hmm. looking forward to going and studying, right? I'm just like my my emotions about letting go and all that are very back burner. Because mm-hmm. um I feel like if I let that uh take center stage, like I know it'll probably take center stage maybe when I go to the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like for those couple of minutes, like it just hit me that, oh, shut okay, like I have to leave. I think I've always been like that, even as a child. Like, I don't think, I don't think emotions affect me till the point of uh, their arrival. Hmm. Like, <laughs> if you look at, if you look at things that I've done, like throughout life, like whether it was my last day at school, my last day at college. Right, right. Uh, I frankly didn't care too much. Like even when this COVID pandemic happened and we had to leave college, I personally did not care. Like I did not feel the kind of emotion that a lot of people felt. Hmm. It hit me when I got my degree and I was Hmm. like, oh, now it's done. Right. So I sort of feel things and process things as they happen. So maybe the day that I go to the airport, I'll probably be like, okay, yeah, I may not see everyone for a while. But uh, till that time, I don't 
I mean, if I I feel like if I let it get to the center stage, it might end up affecting the amount of excitement I have for the purpose with which I am going. Right. Uh, you need to keep I that mean, positivity like, I mean, intact. Yeah, and I'm always I'm sort of that kind of person, right? Like I'm very goal oriented, very focused. So mm. I think, uh, in a sense, trying not to let too much get the better of me now is mm. probably how I'm playing it. At the same time, though, I'm very mindful of the fact that this is not how everyone thinks, mm. uh, and uh, there need to be some changes in my behavior over the next month in terms of giving my family. Like I know I actively want to give my family more time mm. because. uh in those 15 minutes of guilt of oshaks oh, i may not see you again i don't want to suddenly realize oh shit it's happening and i'm not i've not spent any time with you all at all like right. i feel like that would be a horrible realization i know so good i'll yeah. use it as a weapon when i require you here yeah <laughs> this guilt trip <laughs> oh yo you know how to use it enough i think then i feel like that's like a standard i feel like the minute you become a mother no like the minute you have a child like a child is born suddenly something happens in your brain you learn how to guilt trip some chemical releases and your brain teaches you emotional blackmail that oh this is my i have power over this puny human being i can get them to do what i want <laughs> sadly they oh. rebel sadly they rebel after few years <laughs> yeah good man like i encourage every kid to rebel like i feel like rebellion is a part of growing up like rebellion Will, is important evolution <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but yeah i mean anyway. what are you scared about i mean are you scared about me moving to the uk uh, cuz uh, for you like i mean okay so first of all i'm the first one so you've done a masters degree but you've done it while working right uh my grandparents have all done masters degrees right <laughs> but they've all done it while working right no Or before before full-time? before just full-time. before working yeah ah, okay so they've all uh, done full time my ha uh, and everyone else has also done full time yeah even so, gauri has within, also done it yeah before but within within between the three of us like between you dad and me i'm the first one going for a full time masters program Oh yeah, right. Is that right. a so? Is there a um? Is there anything that you're actually apprehensive about in terms of my move to the UK and stuff like that? Is there something that that makes you a little worried or scared? uh not as much in terms of uh, um, you know what the uk has in store for you fortunately we huh. were there recently so we know the place uh, that was that's very good thing you know we visited uh, not exactly cambridge yeah, university you didn't yeah yeah you didn't visit to go see whether the place was nice for me you visited to go on a trip without me you decided i will go to uk so that you is why me, we are going to uk next week and you went okay yeah that's yeah. the same way we told you we are going to kenya and italy also my god <laughs> anyway so, so yeah anyway not digressing the subject uh yes the apprehensions that i have knowing you is that you do get uh, kind of involved in so many things uh, having more than you can chew on your plate and one mm. is because of the skills that you possess and the innate charm that you have and uh, your efficient time management so i know you are capable of delivering i have no doubts i know you have the potential uh, to commit and to give your best shot 
So there's no doubt on that. But it may take a toll on our time, you know, our bonding time. Mm. So that is where the apprehensive <laughs> lies. <laughs> so I'm kind of vested in this bit uh, in terms yeah, yeah. of my own self-interest and knowing yeah, yeah. you. So yeah. I'm kind of preparing myself that it is okay. Yeah. He's excited for the new country. You remember when you landed in Dubai, what you were doing? I mean, I was calling my parents only once a week right so this kind of uh, you know just going through the process and kind of calming myself Uh, so this is something that I have been doing uh, on a conscious basis (laughs) in the last year yeah no that's that's interesting because I feel like even in when I moved to the hostel I think you had a similar worry and I remember you saying uh, I remember you saying that you told like the hostel warden that uh, uh, in front of the hostel warden, I remember you telling me, call me every day. And the <laughs> hostel warden said, in two days, they'll forget. Like, And you were like, you don't forget. And I don't think I forgot. Like, I no, like there no. Are, we had every there are very, single day, every we, day had we had a call. Unless you were really busy with an exam, in which case, I think the timing changed or you would always let us know much ahead that you're unable to call today for any reason. Yeah. So otherwise, I think... Uh, yeah, I think I missed one day in second year and I felt terrible about it. Like it was and you're, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt horrendous about that day. It was April, I think, 2017. And I was like, oh, shucks. Yeah, and you wrote a blog um, the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apology. No, but, but it was I mean, a public think, apology which came. Yeah, no, I feel like, I think that's something that uh, the pandemic has sort of taught us, right? Like, yeah. Um, We've been speaking a lot more. No, we didn't require the pandemic months. to tell the teachers this. Yeah, no, no, but I mean, over the last couple of months, we've been speaking a lot more than we usually would because there's a lot more time. Hmm. And uh, a natural result of that is that for me, I feel closer to you both now than I have ever before. Hmm. Because the range of subjects that we've spoken about, the amount of conversation we've had is not something, you know, when others talk about quality family time, they talk about spending time in vicinity of each other. Hmm. For me, I feel like that does not matter as much, Hmm. but the conversation matters more. Right. And just as a result of that, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's I just like, like yeah, even the simple to... questions on how your day went, going into the detail yeah, rather yeah. than saying, ah, it was nice. You know, that nice, yeah. you can you can reply that question either with a single word or you, you can yeah, break yeah. it down into a morning, what you did, what you did at noon, what you planned to do, who came, who called. You know, you can actually go into the details. So it depends yeah, yeah. on what you choose to share. Yeah, so, so I feel like even when I move, like I think the thing that will take some adjusting to is probably the time difference. But I don't, I mean, I'm not too scared about letting go of family time because I think that's still going to happen. Hmm. That's comforting so, to hear. And this podcast is always there. You can always catch up with me on Saturdays or Tuesdays if you want. <laughs> Let's see what the next week has in store for us, right? Oh, yes, yes. I'm pretty excited and uh, mm. it's been nice to pick to uh, know a few things that we have it not been be able nice to It should be nice to talk to me all the time. So <laughs> don't say it's very specifically on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Alright, I'll see you next week. Okay, bye.